Welcome to Chips and Bits. My name is Kenny Myers, and this is Matt Anderson. And Matt is super excited to talk to you tonight. Uh, and he doesn't look exhausted at all. And his age certainly isn't showing over the Skype camera, which you can't see. And he's all red for some reason, which makes you think he's been huffing glue. This week's episode brought to you by Allergies. Allergies! There it is! <laughs> there it is. <clears throat> so, uh... Yeah, what are we going to talk about this week? Tonight's topic is the wonderful Darksiders. Man, I love that game. And that's it for Chips and Bits Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. And then I wouldn't have to edit shit. I'm really glad we're talking about that game. Yeah. Darksiders. Um, uh, let me talk about... So, when I uh, was a child in the 90s, uh, I was a big fan of the X-Men. The X-Men being, of course, the greatest superhero group ever created. Um, is, is there someone that was not a fan of the X-Men? I'm sure there are more, multiple people who are not fans of the X-Men. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, did you see the movie, by the way? Just real quick. The movie? Yes. That just came out. First Class. No, I have not seen First Class. Okay. Let's move forward. Eh, I'm already bored with that topic. Um, <laughs> there was an artist that I particularly loved, and he drew right around the early 90s. Um, he did the Age of Apocalypse series and continued drawing for Uncanny X-Men. And his name was Joe Madurira. Durira. Mm-hmm. Maduria. Shortened to Joe Mad uh, is what people call him, probably because his, his last name was uh, challenging to pronounce. Yes. Anyway, he had a very particular style that had never kind of really been done in comic books before, but it, it was a little cartoony, but it was never on that that side of it where, you're, where it feels like DuckTales, you know? And uh, so these four dudes got together. One of them being Joe Mad, and they formed a game company, uh, and they wanted to build a mythology. I, I, this is all pretty much stolen from this Game Informer article that I just read. Wikipedia, yeah, from Wikipedia. <laughs> they wanted to build a mythology um, around the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and then a year later, THQ bought them, and then Darksiders was released. Uh, I think what was it last year, January two thousand ten? It was last year. I don't know when though. I think it was January. We'll go with January, then. Uh, so, the order of events that happened after this is that I always wanted to play Darksiders, but I never finished video games. Right. And I bought it when it came out a month later in February. So come January 2011, uh, as I'm trying to destroy all video games in my path, uh, I decided to take on Darksiders. And about... I want to say an hour to two hours in, I was pretty hooked. I was pretty hooked. And the uh, and pretty much you're hooked because right off the bat, there's no other game that's looked as good stylistically as Darksiders does. Wow. That is, that is a bold statement. Stylistically. And what I mean like that, because that doesn't really mean anything the more I think about it, 
is that I mean it's not like hype it's not realistic it's not like Call of Duty or it's not trying to set itself in realism you you also appear to have taken over for me with long-winded stories well, someone had to set this shit up. So anyway, after I finished uh, Darksiders, <laughs> I was like, Matt, you have to fucking play this game. And he was like, I'm Matt Anderson. I'm from Canada, and we're stupid. And I was like, Matt, I understand that most Canadians are stupid, but you have to trust me on this one and not burn Vancouver to the ground. Wow. Early. Very early, Kenny. <laughs> and he played it. And then I'll let him take over for now, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Anderson. Well, so I wasn't as hooked as you were right away. Let's just let's just start there. All right, great. Thanks, Matt. So anyway, as we went through Darksiders, we sort of found out together that um, the puzzle features... I have to keep going with this if this joke's going to work. Yeah, yeah. you got to come up with something really good. Yeah, like stupid Canada. Yeah, or I'm just going to interrupt you. So yeah, um, we both agree that we were uh, we were both fans of. Uh, it, it turned out after we started talking about it that we both ended up being fans of Joe Mad and of X Men, which was funny because even though we talk a lot about a lot of stuff, we'd never uh, we'd never talked about comic books. We've never broached the subject of X Men actually. No, we'd never talked about comic books, X Men, nothing. Uh, you know, so that that was really cool that uh, we ended up stumbling into that. Uh, that topic via this game. Did we? But, uh, yeah, we did. We talked about it over I am. Oh. Yeah. And we talked about our favorite comic book covers as a result of this game. Oh yeah. 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 Your, yours was versus the T-Rex. Yeah. It was, it's great. Yeah. 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 So I will say I was, I was definitely hooked with the style the what you're talking about as far as the, the, the unique style that the game had. Um, as soon as I, as soon as I picked it up, um, it wasn't like anything you know I, I'd seen before. The gameplay was the gameplay has you know obviously some similarities with with many other games, but uh, the way the characters looked and felt and, and how they were seemed to be setting it up was was definitely unique. But um, you know if I could lob one complaint um, you know at, at the team, it, the thing that was most difficult for me with this game was definitely the beginning. They uh, they try that Assassin's Creed thing where you start off and you get to see all the different powers that, that well, not all of them, but, but a large percentage of the powers that you're capable of. And some of them are devastating, and, and, and they're, they're great. You know, uh, chaos mode, whatever they call that, where you just turn into that just fiery, raging beast, and it's just amazing. Um, you know, you could do all this stuff, and you get to play that way for, oh, I don't know, five minutes, and then all your powers get stripped from you. And that's cool and all. Um, again, this is very similar to what happened uh, in the first Assassin's Creed. Only problem was, when they stripped your powers in Assassin's Creed, you were at least left with your blades. Which, anyone who's played Assassin's Creed knows that the best you know, weapon in the game anyways is your hidden blade. So, big deal. You're going to earn your powers back. With Darksiders, you know, they, they strip you of almost everything, and all you're left with is your sword. And it was very, very disappointing to me. And it was very hard for me to stick with the somewhat monotonous um, fighting and, and combat system to get back to where I was engaged not just in the art style, but in the actual gameplay mechanics and the story and the levels and all that stuff. You know, I think that you falsely attributed... Attributed? Wow. Falsely uh, gave credit to Assassin's Creed, where Metroid, I believe, is the supreme game of giving you all your powers and then stripping them away for some unknown reason. That's that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Fucking allergy season. 
guy's like running on like nothing right now. He looks like shit too. Uh, anyway, so uh, I, I mean, Darksiders really got good when you get to the dungeons, which there are only four dungeons in the game, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, there some of them are very long. Very very long. Yes, like takes you, take you days to to get through. The first one, the first one in particular. Yeah. But yeah, I'm uh I'm really really uh happy that you not only recommended this game to me, but uh you were generous enough to ship me your copy so that I could play it and that uh you, you were my uh my cheerleader through the first oh I'd say maybe 3 to 4 hours of of gameplay. Um cuz I almost like I said I I almost just went man, this is just like it looks great, but this is just like God of War. It's just like any other, you know, hack and slash and grab some random stuff games, and, and I'm getting bored. And, and I almost stopped playing it. Um, and once you get past that four-hour mark um, and, and the art direction, you know, carries itself, carry, carries you through, man, that game gets so good. Where, so good. Where was the point? Like, what happened? What event happened that really kind of was like... Uh, Jaw dropping? I don't know what what kind of stereotypical game review thing could we use here? <laughs> uh, I can't think of one. Uh, <laughs> you know, any? <laughs> that's a great question, and I really wish that I knew what the answer was. Oh wow! When I think wow. back to it, I I can't really think of uh, I can't really think of what it was. But it was right around the time when I was finishing uh, the first dungeon. I remember. You know, getting getting the demon wings, um, and all of a sudden being able to cross gaps, and it was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, and I remember unlocking a couple of the weapons and getting a couple upgrades, and thinking, yeah, whatever. But I, I really can't. Oh, I know exactly what it was. I, it just hit me um, when you get the first uh, mounted flying mission, and then right after that. Uh, you mean when you're going to the first dungeon? For the first time? Yes. Yeah. Right when you hit the first dungeon, that's when I was like, wow, this game is amazing. So I want to talk about that, because I think it plays into how well the game is executed, that you don't necessarily see it until, like, it's greater than the sum of its parts, I guess would be a way to put it. Um, Okay. So there's sequences between dungeons that are mini-games unto themselves, almost. Like, they're almost games within games. One of them is just, like, a massive slaughter to get to the other dungeon, right? Yeah. And then the other one's, like, the hawk one. Yes. Uh, where you're... It's, like, Panzer Dragoon. And then, of course, there's an arena out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. Uh, and a horse. Uh, they yeah. have all these in-between stuff that was just, like, out of nowhere, but felt perfectly okay like fits so well i agree i I totally agree and um you know it's it's funny because it was the exact opposite that the three quarters of the way through the game i had almost the exact opposite opinion of the one that i started with when i when i first started playing the game you know I, i when i first started again it was i don't have any of my powers i really wanted them back this is taking too long i need more shit um, and then about three quarters of the way through the game, I thought, awesome, I've got everything I need to be just the most badass horseman of the apocalypse. And I'm just 
beating the shit out of everybody, and this is great. I feel ultimate and powerful, and this game's wonderful. And then they go and throw you the curveball, which to to this point uh, has definitely become one of my most favorite parts of any video game that I've ever played. Um, when you unlock Ruin, yeah. who, who in Dark Siders love is, that horse. Oh my god, he, he's the horse. Okay, yeah, you've made it three quarters of the way through but, the game. But I don't understand your love of this horse because the horse is like limited to one area of the entire game. Okay, first of all, that's not true. Yeah, it's it's pretty true. Once you get to you know the the, the final run around and, and pick up the pieces of the, the of the Armageddon sword, you can pretty much ride Ruin almost anywhere that you couldn't before. Um, but no, I, I loved it for the fact that I didn't need a horse. I didn't need a horse. The horse was not necessary. The game was totally fine without a horse, and I wasn't expecting a horse. And then once you unlocked Ruin, I was like, wow, how could this game exist without the horse now? You know, it was just, just a total mindfuck. The horse was only useful in the desert area. The horse was I mean, amazing. It, the horse was beautifully executed. It was. It's it not was, just beautiful, Kenny. It breathes fire. It really. I mean, it was. It was really easy to use. Like it, the controls are intuitive, except for the worm battle where it was terrible. So the worm battle can kiss my ass. So there's a boss battle. It's probably the most uninspired of all the boss battles i would say yeah and it and it also has the unfortunate uh, it's right in the middle of so many other good things it's very yeah. unfortunate and the boss battle you have to essentially ride your horse the entire time while constantly getting knocked off of it chasing after a sand monster then stabbing it and it takes like two hours to finish the fucking boss yeah it's let, let's skip. Let's skip that. I don't want to talk about that boss because that boss was bad. <laughs> that boss was. It was bad. I, I mean, so I want to talk more about what I mean when I say the sum of its parts. So a lot of people talk about Darksiders as like stealing from Zelda, stealing from God of War, you know. Sure. And as we found out later, like there's a portal gun in it, which is amazing. There but, is. There's and, a portal. So gun. they're stealing from Portal, and then. <laughs> Um, you know, they got the horse, which is like Legend of Zelda. Uh, or Shadow of the Colossus or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But the way they use these items in the game is so clever and it feels so interesting. And the puzzles are were really well done. Um, that I think the fact that it takes all these parses, pieces... Um, is negligible the fact that the whole the game as a whole kept getting more and more interesting and exciting, and it felt like you were playing a different game, but they managed to keep the mythology, the character, the uh, like everything fit within the world that it was in. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, and I would again caveat that with um, the the only time that really stuck out, and I felt the sameness and and the. The stuff that had been done before in other games was noticeable and stuck out was in the beginning of the game. You know, I feel like if they'd ramped up um, the story or the unlockables uh, just a little bit faster so that uh, you know, the, the fighting uh, mechanics hadn't stuck out so much, you know, they would have covered their tracks very gracefully. I didn't mind the beginning. I don't mind games that give you everything. I mean, I, I didn't even use like half of them. I pretty much just used the sword and then turned into the giant monster once. 
Yeah. When I say turn into the giant monster, you know, a lot of games will give you those powers to turn into like the super beast creature form of yourself. Darksiders has one of those as well. Yeah. That's also known as also known as the Kenny Myers. Waka waka. Those are allergy (laughs) jokes, folks. Allergy jokes that that nail the crowd. I can't reach very far on Claritin. No. Yeah. <laughs> Metaphors really, really lose their muster when when the Claritin <laughs> click kicks in. Yeah. So I don't know what more can we say about uh, about this game? About Darksiders? Yeah. There's uh, got to be more because I feel like um, even just um, how unexpected this game, how unexpectedly brilliant this game was, in my opinion, um, and the fact that I, you know, I'd heard about it, I heard some rumblings. I even think if I. I even think I may have played the demo <laughs> like two years ago, whatever. Yeah, there was and a ne- demo. Yeah, never picked it up, never played it. Uh, and seriously, the, how good this game was um, has me rethinking, you know, all the blogs, uh, all, all, the, all the places I read and get my opinions and recommendations for video games, friends included. Fortunately, you're not on that list because you recommended and gave it to me. Yeah, but yeah, well, it, it really has me questioning where I'm, where I'm getting those recommendations from because this one almost fell through the cracks, and it uh, it pains me to think that I would have missed this game. Uh, you know, another thing I thought they did really well with, uh, although it was somewhat difficult to follow at certain points, it was I thought the story was interesting enough. I thought the story was great, and especially. Um, if you look at it from the aspect of how it was driven by the characters. I mean, there's a couple characters um, in, in this game. Yeah, they were all pretty you know? memorable. Like, like yeah, all the I characters mean, were really memorable. Who, who's the, uh, fuck, what's the name of the, <laughs> the, the best, gatekeeper guy? Best fucking transition ever. All the characters were really memorable. Hey, uh, who's the, uh, who's the well, fucking... There's, a lot of, <laughs> there, there's, there's quite a few of them. Um, oh, are you talking about the guy who, uh, yeah, I don't know their names. The guy who, you know, opens up his... He opens up his wormholes for you. Uh, demon guy. Yeah, demon guy. Oh, Wait, it. is that the guy who opened the wormhole to the last uh, area? Uh, no, that was uh, that was Archangel. Yeah. Angel of Death. Yeah. Wait, um, no, not the Angel of Death. It was the big demon in the center of the map. Uh, really memorable characters. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I'm not talking about him. I don't um, even know the fucking characters from Uncharted 2, and they were pretty memorable, too. Except for Drake, of course. What's his name? Volgrim. 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 Uh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Volgrim. Um, they were his, semi-memorable characters. No, his name's not memorable. But, uh, no, his his character was, was memorable. And it's funny, because he's he's not he's not a pinnacle to the story. He's a transition character. He he's used to get between places to buy things from. You know, he talks to you every once in a while between. He he's like a fluff character, but he's so interesting and and such a good. Um, he keep he you know he moves things along. He keeps the pace. He's a catalyst for certain events. It's it's he's great. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't play into the ending at all. No, not at all. Like I said, he's a, he's a complete fluff character, but he's such a great character. Um. I do like how they set up. Someone uh, in a review I was reading, they, they uh, there's this one. The reason you're going to the dungeon is to collect these demon hearts, um, yes, so that you can get into uh, essentially the afterworld or the afterlife, you know. Um, and there's a there's a guardian who will open the way for you after you give him the hearts to make him stronger. 
And every single every single thing they do seems like they're setting you up for a big battle with this guy because he's <laughs> yeah. fucking gigantic. Like he he looks like Satan from Legend. You know, he looks like the demon from Legend. He does. And they set it all up, and it looks like they're about to fight, and then he just opens the portal for you. <laughs> he's like, "Gee, thanks for doing all that work for me, buddy." Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, "Here you go, go get him." Yeah. So let uh, you know, we we shouldn't move any further. Uh, Without addressing, and this that character in, in, in specific, uh, Samuel, uh, the uh, the voices, um, the voices of the characters in this game are amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they are so so cool. Well, you know, isn't Samuel's um, what's his name? Luke Skywalker. What? Uh, Samuel's your companion, right? No, uh, was he? Who's the, who's this who's this the the that sort of archon that that is your companion? I don't know. I'm getting I'm really getting, memorable characters. I'm getting all these memorable characters mixed up. We have the internet in front of us. I want right. to use it. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, here I pulled it up. Mark here. Hamill's character is he's the Watcher. That, the that, Watcher. It's your sidekick. He's like the. He sounds exactly like the Joker, though. Oh wow! So Samuel, that this big, huge, satanic demon. You know, Uber character that we've been talking about was voiced by Vernon Wells. I don't know who that is. Really? Yeah. He like um, he played in the old Max uh, Mad Max films. I have never seen those movies. Seriously? Yeah. Wow, and you call yourself an Australian? <laughs> I do sometimes, but only <laughs> to get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Uh, it's better than Canadian, but not quite as good as French. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, so um again, yeah, the, the the voice particularly the one that sticks out the most to me is 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 the the voice of Samuel. That that demon voice is just especially with those uh with surround sound or surround sound headphones, the demon voice is just gnarly. Yeah. I uh, I mean the production values were great. The production yep. values in the game were solid and the gameplay was was really good. It took a little while to warm up to, but man, I mean, you know, games that have really good production value, they can carry that for a little while. Yeah. They, they can carry it for a little while, and then you usually hit a point. I, like, I think we should call it the Metal Gear Solid point. <laughs> Where gameplay just starts to erode, and yeah. it's hard to keep going. Yep. Yeah, I have, this, uh, I have this little pet peeve. I'm not sure if I've ever discussed it with you, Kenny, but, uh, and it's not quite as common in... in in most video games these days, but one of my greatest pet peeves is when you have a, a rather open world environment in, in a video game that you're playing in. And, you know, they all, the game designers only want you to go to certain places in that level. And so what happens is, you know, you walk to the side of the screen and you hit that point where the level ends and they don't want you to go any further. And you just kind of hit that invisible wall where your character starts walking up against the side of the screen. Right. And it's just like, really? Couldn't you put a tree there or a fucking crack or something that I can't get over, you know, to, to visually, you know, connotate that I can't get past that point. Right. Um, so that's something, especially in, in these types of third person, uh, kind of roaming adventure games that my mind's always paying attention to. And, you know, just a little thing that a, a little bit of polish that those guys focused on there, there was never, I never went to a place where I couldn't actually go. And that, that was just a little pat on the back to, to the, to the devs that, that did this game. That's, Something I paid attention to and I thought was really nice. Yeah. You know, Darksiders is a great game. If you haven't played it, buy it. I I mean, I know some people aren't into that third person stuff and, and I get that. If you're not a fan of like Zelda games, then 
this is, I would say, faster paced in terms of combat-wise than Zelda. A little more interesting that way, but I don't. It was. I expected it to be good, and I did not expect it to be great. And I thought it ended up being a really great game. Yeah, yeah. you know, if if you're not a fan of Zelda games, you, you probably need to reevaluate to your. Uh your status as a, as a fan of video games to begin with. But um, no, um, I would say, I, I think the best way I could recommend this game is to say, is to go back to uh, our original, our original thing here, Kenny, and say, if you were a fan of comic books when you were a kid, um, even better, if, if you were ever a fan of, of, of the X-Men, but a fan of comic books in general, you will more than likely think that this game is fantastic and should definitely buy it and play it and uh, let us know what you think. There, there he goes again, proving <laughs> correlation equals causation. <laughs> yeah. Well, otherwise we wouldn't always be talking every episode about how I'm Canadian, so I'm nice. Uh, you are very nice. You, are, you come from very good people. Well, that is also the end of our Chips and Bits podcast. Wait, the end forever? Yes, this is it. I am actually going to kill myself <laughs> from some of the jokes we made at the beginning of the show. Excellent. Yeah. What? We won't know how bad they are until we, we listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, they will be pretty awful. Those those are some of the worst. Well, Dude, it'd be uh, great if I could say something like, cue theme song, and then we could end. So I could be like, this is the end, Matt. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Cue theme song. 